Welcome, Fivers, to another episode of High Five, the podcast, a movie podcast for people who like other stuff, too. On this week's episode, your hosts Q and Jay dive into some of their favorite movies and hopefully talk about some of your favorites, too. Feel free to yell at your speakers when we ignore your favorites, or you could just tweet at us with your choices, like an adult. Now, let's join Q and Jay in the writer's room as they dive in. Fair warning. This podcast may contain spoilers for movies that came out 20 years ago, but at this point, that's really your fault. And now, on with the show. Uh, we, uh, all, all, all attention, all units, we have a code 87643, and that is a, uh, an alien uprising has, has happened, and all of our machines have turned against us, and that is uh, because they are attacking us from an alien overlord. So, uh, everyone, that code that I said, uh, alien uprising, go. Uh, yeah, attention all units. Uh, we need help in the New York sector of the United States. We have a code 38746. That is when someone has broken into the state, which is now a giant penal colony, uh, separate from the rest of the United States, and is attempting to rescue someone. All available units in the New York and surrounding tri-state areas, please converge. Thank you. Oh, please be aware that Isaac Hayes is involved in that last attempt. Isaac Hayes is involved in that last attempt. Um, um, everyone, we have a, uh, a code 8675309, and that is a code Jenny Jenny. Uh, 8675309, code Jenny Jenny. Uh, Jay, this is Q. Uh, we have a code high five. Uh, I repeat, we have a code high five. Should we high five? High five! High five! High five! High five! High five! High five, son! Woo! High five! Don't let me hang it. All right, and we're back. And that's how you get into a movie about police states in a silly way. That is right. Hilarious. Or a movie, not a movie, a podcast. This is how you have a podcast about police state movies, but in a silly way. For Patreon members who are visually watching this, it is how you get into a movie about police. <laughs> and you heard our our discussion on how we were going to do that in the first place. Um, so, you're welcome. Twice. Uh, hey, man. Well, hey, Jay. Man, hey, Q. It's good to talk to you, um, especially under the watchful eyes of our beneficial overlords, uh, project underscore nerd. Uh, I, I mean, not I figure. Hyphen. No, not underscore. Sorry. Hyphen. Uh, project hyphen nerd. Uh, I figured there's no better way to start a podcast episode about police states than talking about our overlords and how benevolent they are. Our, our state is awesome. I agree. I have, uh, I have worn merchandise for the Patreon members. I am currently wearing merchandise as to appease our yes. very generous overlords. Um, and they have, uh, they have, in fact, sewn that to your head. They have. So it's it was permanently very, there. It was a tough procedure, but you know what? You did it willingly. That's what the contract I says. I, I was voluntold, and I very happily uh, did what they forced me to do. It so. was very much a escape from New York situation. You're very really much Snake Plissken in this. It really was. And then Except it's with a hat instead of a president. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, man, we're talking police states. Uh, we're talking situations where the government has taken full and total control of areas and or the entire lands of which people are living in so yeah it's, uh, yeah we you know we don't want to get too overly political on the show but obviously with everything that's been going on in portland and you know similar it's things of the, it's been on our minds current situations have brought the idea of totalitarianism and government overreach and the fed overreach to top of mind and i said q what better way to talk about a serious topic? The only way we know how is by talking about movies that remind us of this serious topic so we don't have to talk about the serious topic itself. I was hoping you were to say, the only way we talk about serious topics, hilariously. <laughs> hilariously. I like your answer better. 
Um, so yeah, I, that's for sure. <laughs> I proposed this to you, and then we had a very big yeah. back and forth on you were saying. So so Jay, what the fuck the fuck do you mean? By I this? did. A lot of people don't know, but I use fuck kind of like the way Smurfs use the phrase Smurf. Like I yes. just like I just fucking fucked that. Fuck. He's like he's like the the Smurf. Do you mean by this? Yeah, exactly. The and but, fuck. but what I meant mainly was the totalitarian, like, police state of you live in a society that is either being spied upon or being overwatched by a military-esque government. And just to kind of get us in that headspace, you know, to be thinking about it. So that's kind of where, I mean, like, what were some of the stuff, like, Q, would, when you were coming up with your criteria? Like, where, what were you thinking about? What were you using? So for me, I mean, primarily, after you kind of explained to me, because at first I was very stringently thinking police states, like, okay, sure. so that, that means, like, it has to be a movie in which, like, the, the, the police kind of situation right. has kind of, like, taken control. So I'm thinking, like, old Detroit, like, RoboCop-esque sure. type situation. Um. But after talking with you and saying, no, it's more just kind of like a governmental overreach or a right. totalitarian control scenario, it opened my mind. So yeah. basically – Like if The Handmaid's Tale, the TV show had been, you know, was a movie, like that kind of feeling, like that – like, oh, everything's kind of like hush-hush. There are military people on the corner, black vans picking up people, sure. people disappearing. Like, like if we were doing TV series, that's a perfect example. Handmaid's Tale would definitely fall into – the category of this. Um, but I pretty much kept it to any situation where people are not necessarily allowed as free of will as they normally would be by the controlling government entity. Does that right. make sense? Okay. I am, I'm totally with you. I'm totally with you. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's pretty simple. Uh, and there are a surprising amount of movies about this very subject matter. So there were quite a bit to kind of pick and choose from. Um, yeah, that was fun when I started to dive in because, you know, a couple like came right to mind. And, sure. and those, you know, stay top of mind as sort of the cream of the crop. But once I start diving in, I'm like, oh, well, this could count too. Or, oh, I, oh, I forgot about this movie. Or, oh, this could totally count. Or, oh, yeah, it was, it was fun to kind of dive back into some that I either hadn't seen in a while or hadn't thought about in a while. And I, I really I kind of like figure out how they relate to what's going on nowadays. I totally agree. Um, so honestly, with that, I mean, I think we've kind of explained what it is. I say we just get to listing. You know what? Why waste time? Let's list. This is where we, this is where we make a list. The list. Three, two, list. All right, cool, man. We're just going to get right into this one because this one is – you know, out of all the topics that we've done, this is a pretty, like, straightforward topic. Yeah. Right? It know? is very topical and it is very specific. Right. The government totally sucks, you motherfuckers. So, <laughs> let's talk about movies about it. Okay. So, um, for my, my first pick, my number five, is I kind of did what I've done in the past where I pull out, like, a, a classic movie and sort of douchebag my way into the list. So let's douchebag my way into the list. Uh, you know one of my big, huge fears is being accused of something that I either can't explain or am innocent of, but I don't know like how to get around being accused of whatever I'm being accused of. Like sure. I hate that feeling of misplaced blame towards me. So sure. my number five is actually the old Orson Welles movie, The Trial. Have you seen this movie? Uh, no, I haven't. So please okay. fill me in. What, it, what so, is this? So the trial is based off of a, a Kafka book and it's a directed by Orson Welles and it stars Anthony Perkins, the dude from Psycho. Sure. And basically the premise of the movie is that he wakes up in his room, the police are there and they arrest him and he has no idea what for. And the rest Ooh. of the movie is he is on trial trying to figure out not only what he's done, but how to prove his innocence of what he doesn't know is happening. 
I feel like I should watch this movie. It is. It's great. And he starts to like pick at the justice system. And obviously there's like a conspiracy going on because of course there is, but it is great. It is again, one of those kind of Orson Welles, like this is what I wanted to make a movie about. And it is just so anxiety driven. It's paranoia focused. Like it is just this movie opens with him waking up in his bed being arrested and he has no idea why. And that to me is such just such a real fear and something, I mean, not a real fear, but that idea of you, that situation is just terrifying. Sure. I really, I dig that, man. I very so that's my number five. Um, my where did you start? Five. Like, where did you, how did you yeah. get into this list? So I decided to kind of start my list. Um, my bottom two are what I would consider my like, almost didn't fit the criteria. Okay. And then for my five and my four is like fit the criteria, but is like probably like the less respected of the movies that I have on my list. Okay. I'm very curious because this, like I said, there's a contained ecosystem of these movies. So I'm just curious where you're going. All right. So my number five is escape from New York. Okay. Great movie. Awesome it's a, movie. It, it is an awesome movie. It's an awesome John Carpenter flick. It's an awesome Kurt Russell as Snake Plissken. I mean, as we had jokingly mentioned in our opening bit, Isaac Hayes is in this movie. Yes, this is the bad it's, guy. It's it's an awesome flick, but um, it it isn't quite a full police state. It's not. It's like a police. I mean, it in the literal definition, it's New York. Well, it's not the right. state, I guess, but it's New York City. It's a police city. City, right. Yeah. Um, so that's why I said it, it It doesn't, you know. Right. The rest of my movies are more so like a full country or continent. Like a dystopian, yeah. Right. But this was just like they've decided to turn New York City into a penal colony, basically. But, I mean, it's so fun that it. I, I feel like that can totally qualify for the list because it's just so fun. It's fun. It's it's silly, but it also is kind of like, all right. Like, there's certain things that you're like, all right, that could maybe well, it, happen-ish. It's kind of like, a, I mean, not like, do you remember the, the Arkham City Batman game? Oh, yeah. It's basically like this same concept, but instead of Snake Plissken, you're Batman. <laughs> exactly. And that game is so fun. Like, just the concept of, you know what? We have so many criminals just going to gate off this part of the country and let them run wild. It, it's kind of awesome. It's just a fun concept to play around with. And it's an interesting concept of like government control. It's like right. a lack of government control. Like it's right. more so like exactly what you said. Let's put them all in this area, wall it off, and then just like forget about them. And whatever yeah. happens. Just to make them, sure they don't come out. Right. But whatever happens to them in there, if they want to kill each other off, fine. Like, Fine, they're criminals, whatever. Right, it doesn't matter, um, which is an interesting concept because the, the theme of the remainder of my lists all tend to be less of a le- uh, who cares and more of a micromanage. Like, yeah, no, I, let's I go that direction too. Let's control what happens to people. I definitely you know go I mean? that. I definitely go that direction, and my number four actually kicks that theme off uh, directly. Cool, well, hit me with it. Okay, so I went back and forth on my number four, and I think the ultimate reason that I went with the one that I did is it fits the criteria better. Okay. But my number four, I think, is an underappreciated movie, but it's Equilibrium. Oh, okay. Do you know, have you seen Equilibrium yeah, it's with got, Christian Bale? Uh, Christian Bale and Omar Epps, is that it? Uh, no, it's Tay Diggs, Ty Diggs. Oh, Tay Diggs, Tay Diggs. And then it's got um, Sean Bean in it, of course, because... Yeah, that's where the term gun kata came from <laughs> that's right which is fun honest the movie is really good it, it it very much got overshadowed by the matrix which was also had the sort of the same type of thing but equilibrium is very interesting so the movie is about a future where they've outlawed emotion so yes. they force feed everybody this like it's not hypnosil from uh from nightmare on elm street but it's like something like that and it's sort of like fahrenheit 451 after that is Christian Bale is an agent who is sent out to basically suppress emotional people that are causing ruckuses 
and then he misses a dose of his medicine and he becomes emotional and becomes connected to the cause and sort of overthrows the dystopian regime. But it was one of those where, you know, I've talked about in other episodes, my love for the matrix. I think that is a fantastic, you know, action movie of that era, but sure. Equilibrium sort of flew over, but Christian Bale is really good in it. The action scenes are extremely well shot. Featuring and when it comes Kata. to exactly, and when it comes to you know police states and dystopian states, it's very good. Like visually, it's very good. It falls definitely into that category, and it was a new take on it. I just more people need to watch it, so I wanted to talk about it. Number four. No, I love that. I love that. It is an underrated movie. I think um, it is one of those that kind of came out. Not a lot of people like talked about it, and then it just yeah. kind of faded into video store obscurity. Everyone's like, "Oh yeah, that Christian Bale Matrix C movie." It's like, "Oh, not right. quite." <laughs> and and it's not. Unfortunately, yeah. it was it was hurt by marketing. I think mm -hmm. because it was very much marketed visually as, "Oh, you like the Matrix? Well, you'll love this. You'll fucking you know what I love mean? this." And it's yeah. like the really in plot wise, the movies couldn't be more different from each other like they really other than kind of people yeah. being kept in a false sense of lull and right up and not uprising which i guess thematically both of those kind of are about that sure but outside of that that's kind of where the similarities end like it yes, was it like has, if you like for a fahrenheit 451 or investigative action movies then this, this is the like way to go this. Yeah. Now, yes, both movies had black leather trench coats. Both so had, many trench, so many trench coats. Man, their trench coat budget was huge. Both had cool, like flipping while shooting action gun mm -hmm. scenes and stuff. Uh, and one stuff. of them decidedly had Christian Bale, and I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna say he kind of brings a different sort of gravitas. I Not love to say I, that I don't love me some Keanu. Oh, of course. I mean, Keanu is fantastic. When Christian Bale's on board, you're getting a whole different type of movie. You you're know getting a whole mean? different type of actor. Like, he's coming. He's coming to play. Right. So, uh, no, I love that, and I respect that choice. I think that's a solid number four. My number four is, is like, my bro film on the list. Oh, okay. Please uh, tell me this. And my number four is The Purge. Nice. Uh, okay. Can I tell you, that was yeah. my swing number four. Was it? Okay. Yes, perfect. that was the one that I was like that like equilibrium fit the criteria a little bit better. Better. But sure. I but the purge was like right there until probably last night at like ten o'clock. Now let's be clear. I mean the OG purge. The they Ethan Hawk they have progressively gotten kind of shittier. Although I did enjoy Purge Two. Uh it's a totally different type of movie. Yeah, uh, it is. Because because the Well the Purge, first one's like home invasion movie and the exactly. second one is the second one is like the Warriors. Like it's like survive a night on the streets. Exactly. Uh the third one I don't think I saw or no, I did see and didn't it was like whatever. That was that like the fourth uh, of July one? Yeah, I think that's the one where like they're actually like fighting to overthrow the government or right. like and then there was one that was a flashback. Post. Yeah, I don't know. They kinda Marissa went off Tomei. the rails for me. But I really enjoyed the first and second one, faux show. As did I. I enjoyed the first one quite uh, a bit. But the first one is an interesting concept of government overreach. They are basically saying, all right, well, instead of dealing with, you know, prisons and all of right. these things, one night a year, you can do whatever illegal activity that you want to do. And then... Mm -hmm we expect you to basically be in line for the remainder of the yeah like purge out your criminality if you will right knowing right. that that day is coming just keep all the criminality in just bottle it up let it out on and that then, and then let it out well and that was the thing is like that i love the con the concept of that movie is what drives that first one for me is Oh, for sure. It's just such an interesting concept and then it's basically just a home invasion story wrapped in that concept and it eliminates the question of why don't they just call for help? Like that's really to me what that first one starts as. And I know the writer director will say that it's a social experiment that he dreamt up. But for me, it starts with how can I have a home invasion movie where I take away the question of how can they call for help? It's like what right. if just no one cared? And then you right. go from there. 
but the concept drives that whole movie. And I think that's why the sequels after that fall away is because after that initial concept is introduced, you don't have a lot of places to go without just doing it bigger. It's like, Oh, well now instead of a house, it's a whole city. You've got to get from here to there. And then, Oh, now it's the whole government or, or whatever the fuck, whatever, you know? Right. Um, but, but I really so, liked the idea of, you know, yes. you've got Ethan Hawke playing this family patriarch who sells security systems to the rich to stay safe during purge. purge. Yes. And he instead is forced to put his own security system to the test when he is targeted as someone to be right. killed and murdered during during the purge. It's an interesting concept. I dig it. It's a fun, but that's why I call it my, like my bro pick. Cause yeah. it is a little more like, yeah, wasn't that cool, bro? They like broke in and they're going to fucking like kill him and his family. It's fucking cool. Like the rest of my movies are like, some of them are cool and action packed, but they sure. start to get a little more heady. Yeah, no, no. My, I, I go, I go way headier from here on out. What was that? Um, Remember that Bruce Willis home invasion movie where he was like a security contractor and he lived in that like, like he lived in a house that was carved out of a mountain or something. Shit. I don't know. What was that movie called? Oh, I don't know. Everybody tweet in and tell us. I'm going to look it up real quick. It it was a weird name. Home invasion movie. Because then it was also like. Mountain? No, Hostage. It was called Hostage. Um, did that have man, Ben yeah. Foster in it? It it did have Ben Foster in it. Look at you. Yeah, yeah Ben Foster like an ben early Foster, man. I fucking like Ben Foster too. He's good. Um, he's also in that uh, high. Oh, what was that? Uh, the Texas movie. Um, oh, uh, oh shit, the one with Chris Pine. Yes, where they were robbing banks. Uh, man, he's so high, good in that. High water, water. High water mark. Whatever. I don't care. But yeah, it was. He's so good in that. Um, uh, but okay. What did I, Oh yeah. Where were we? Was it, had you, oh, did you, you're, you're at number three. So I've yeah. got my five and four. All right. Here's my number three gets a little heady, but my number three is Brazil. Just fuck you. My number three is Brazil. <laughs> Let's talk about it here. You Let's start this time. It. I always talk about movies yeah. first. You gush. Dude, and then uh, I'll add filler. All right. So first off, uh, Terry Gilliam, I'm a huge Terry Gilliam fan. Uh, even even with uh, I think we talked in a recent Spielberg episode about you know not as great nowadays. Terry Gilliam sure. is one of those where I give him so much leeway. <laughs> exactly, like trust me, Brothers Grimm, uh, mm. Zero Theorem, uh, a little uh, better, but yeah. but for each but for each one of those, there's a movie like Tideland, which I love, and yes. there's a Fisher King which I love. Oh, Fisher King. Fisher King, I can't get over how good it is. And there's this movie, Brazil, that I love. Yes. Um, Brazil's the one I, like, always go back to. Twelve Monkeys, I love. Yes. Um, But Brazil is one of those movies that um, depicts a very, like, Orwellian 1984-type dystopian future. Um, and basically everything in life is mired in bureaucracy is kind of like the thing, like every single person works for big brother essentially. And right. It follows the, uh, Jonathan price character. Okay. Can I'll pause here for a second. Yeah. Outstanding Jonathan price. And it's hard to find a bad Jonathan price performance. Don't get me wrong. The man's, but this is like, this is like up it's like there. so up there. He is so the paranoia that that comes through and just the his push while struggling against everything that's that's happening against him. It is so just affecting. It's wonderful. You're given you're given some some purely terrifying visuals in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like the, the woman that I always think of, like the wealthy oh, woman who, yes. Oh God, her the well, fucking like, and, and Terry Gilliam's directing style. Like even in like 12 monkeys, you have like the fishbowl views of, you know, Bruce Willis's face, like that coupled with the, 
like the real visuals. Yes. It works so perfectly in this. Like this to me is kind of like quintessential Terry Gilliam. Um, Out of everything that he's done, I think of Brazil as like, this is what his movies look like. If it, it's sort of like uh, with Tim Burton and like Edward Scissorhands. It's kind of like, this is what a Tim Burton movie feels like. If you want to get the sense of what I'm thinking. I, I totally agree. It, um, there's a movie that kind of reminds me of this. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, start. Oh, uh, city of lost children. Have you ever seen that? No, I don't think so. City of lost children's real good. And it, uh, stars Ron Perlman. I think you and I've had this conversation before. I told we you may have had it. I, I the, the name sounds familiar, but I don't think I've seen it. So it makes me think we have talked about it. it it's basically just a very like, horrific dreamlike movie and i when i think of brazil i think of the same thing i think it's very dreamlike it's very like off-putting people are very like ugly and gross and weird um but totalian or the government control is total you know what i mean like like it's basically one man on a journey to escape the ever yeah. watching eye of the government. You know what I mean? So and that's now, and to, your thoughts. Well, I was going to say I, all the reasons that you just said, and when I was thinking about this movie, I was kind of thinking in that, in that line of this to me took the place of like a 1984 or, you know, kind of an animal farm or, you know, Same. whatever it may be. Agreed. Like, it's kind of like, okay, in that vein of movie and that feel Terry Gilliam's version of that feels the best in my opinion. And so like for the other ones, I feel like are, on different levels for me of these types of headiness, but this one kind of captures that Orwellian vibe. If you, will. I, to- I totally agree. This for me took the place of 1984. Same. It was me, between it was the two, between those two. Cause they both deal with very similar government yes. over overreach kind of thing. Yes. Big I agree. They're watching you. Um, but oh. this movie visually and just conceptually is so much more intriguing to me. Yes. And well, and early De Niro, like you get early De Niro before like De Niro had weight behind him. I mean, he had, you know, he was a great actor, of course. He but had, I think he had Raging Bull at this point. Yeah. But again, it's not like when, like think of when the Irishman was released, like sure. the Irishman could have been trash and it would have been like Robert De Niro's great in it or whatever. Like Brazil is like not Robert De Niro's movie, but he's great in it. Agreed. Totally. Agreed. And you get that with Terry Gilliam too. Cause like Brad Pitt is the same way. Like Brad Pitt is great Dude. in 12 monkeys, but it is not his movie. 12 monkeys. Brad Pitt is maybe one of my favorite, Brad it's my Pitt favorite. It's, it's my favorite. That and Fight Club are so close, but like that level of like uh, rebel punkness, Brad Pitt. I'll tell you what, Brad. Brad favorite. Pitt can really pull off like unhinged. You know what I mean? Like this Very real, well. just kind of like manic, like crazy yep. energy is really really good. Um, but yeah, I'm glad to share that with you on our oh, number man. three. I really same. That's gonna Brazil. make that's gonna make the shared list a lot easier for number three. And I genuinely feel like most people, like not enough people have seen Brazil. You know what I, I mean? The thing about it is I think most people think Brazil is that Metropolis movie, you know, from the 50s. Oh, sure. Yeah. Because I think people see the posters and they're very similar. So people are like, oh, yeah, that Metropolis, like Brazil movie that came out like the 50s. It's like, no, no, that's Metropolis. That's a different cinematic masterpiece. Totally, this is totally the weird movie. ass. This is the weird ass Terry Gilliam movie. Yes. Uh, so I highly recommend our listeners out there who we've gotten this. Yes, please. Who haven't seen Brazil. I implore you, go see Brazil. Please, it, it, please do. Go find it. It's a really, really good film. You will not regret it. Uh, so with that being said, we should hear from our other overlords. Which you also uh, will not regret. And I mean, you we, may, listen, we may regret it. We should listen to some commercials. All right. I'm so sorry. I'm trying my hardest. I can't understand anything. When I signed up for French class, I didn't understand that fighting was the only way that I could learn French. God. 
Fondation, les Circonfonds, c'est les Hills. Les oui, c'est quand c'est filon, les deux sont monstres et les accus. Les fossiles, c'est un filon. Learn French while you fight. Thank you, Project Nerd, for letting us have these commercials. You're so wonderful, and we'd never double-cross you. No way since you listen to our shows. I would like some extra protein in my rations this week. (laughs) Please. (laughs) Uh, That felt like the right thing. Extra protein in my rations. (laughs) Please. You have to be nice. You have to ask the correct way. Sure, um, sure, sure, sure. All sure. right. Should so we go into protein two and one? in our rations? <laughs> I'm going to get Let's some get protein. to the meat of our list. Let's do it. Um my number my number 2 is just a movie that I really like and I watch a lot and when it when it's on, it's V for Vendetta. Uh God, I think what is happening? My number 2 is V for Vendetta. <sighs> Yay. I like that. I that makes our number, number 2. number 1 is going to be number 1, but I'm very curious if it is. I am very curious as well. I, it may, it may be, it may not be. But man, V for Vendetta. You think of totalitarian police state. You think of uh, weird, uh, like unsettling, uh, ironicacies between our current living situations oh and that movie. Couple that with the performances of a lifetime, a fantastic graphic novel um, adaptation, which isn't easy. Uh, looking and, at you, and- a bunch of other movies. And you got to think even about like, um, like you had made the comparison to our current state, but like state controlled media outlets mm-hmm. that basically are the trusted source of information, yep. which are actually helping to mislead people and lead them towards governmental control. Like that shit is prescient like, as ever. Like that is fear, like yes, news driven fear that allows people to have overreach decisions be made. During in a pandemic, their, in their best interest. Best in, so yeah, a lot of this movie applies to why I wanted, you know, us to talk about this topic at all. It's surprising it's not my number one, but my number one is I just think better. Um, but yeah, th- and this is a movie to talk about things we've talked about in other episodes that I will come back to. You know, it's not like you watch V for Vendetta, or at least for me, it's I've seen V for Vendetta a hand, handful of times, probably double digits by now. And it just works. It's a fun movie. Natalie Portman's very good in it. Um, Hugo Weaving is great Hugo, in it. Thank you. Hugo Weaving, as always, his voice is fantastic. You know, it feels like a, a Wachowski siblings, but it's not, you know. Um, but they have it's definitely not, have their hands We talked about it last it. time. Who is they, the director of this movie? They produced it. Um, he it is. Hold on. I got it. Forget the guy. Yeah, I forget, I forget their is, name. Oh, James McTeague. That's right. And he did. Ooh. <laughs> I don't think. I think we were disappointed by the rest of his. Wait a minute. Yeah, his his film uh, filmography is not awesome. He's got. He did do Ninja Assassin. Sweet. Oh, his... oh that's the. I remember us talking about this last time. His name came up, or V for Vendetta came up. Oh yeah. yeah. He did. He did do Ninja Assassin. Uh, but he did that shitty John Cusack, The Raven, the Edgar Allan Poe movie. Oh, man. That, I don't even think I could get through that. I think I bailed on that way early. Uh, 
he did uh, a bunch. He's done a bunch of TV. Uh, he did that The Invasion with Nicole Kidman, the which is basically oh. the, the Body Snatchers remake with uh, right Daniel yeah. Craig. Yeah, yeah, that's not great. Oh, that was the movie he did like directly right after, after this? V for Vendetta. <laughs> and the thing about it, V for Vendetta has such a cool style. Like, who knows? Maybe maybe the Wachowski siblings or whatever. Maybe they to had their hands though, way more in it than we and think. And to be fair, the style of V for Vendetta is is lifted from the pages of the comic book. Like it right. is very. It's not like a uh, Zack Snyder level that's, of adherence. That's true. But it is like it very much feels like yeah. the comic book pages. Yeah. Well, that's. Uh, I mean, that's awesome. A- I'm glad we share that for number two because it is. It's one of those that when I think totalitarian police states. I kind of I think, think of that movie, that. like that black and the red and the, like the symbols. and Totally agree. What I think. I will say it does make me very curious as to what your number one is um, because my number one is like definitively a police state. Like government control is very, same, very legit. Same with uh, me. Is this one I was allowed to kind of merge my – my douchebaggy classic cinemaness with my I will rewatch this movie a whole bunch and it's a director that I really, really like because my number one is Clockwork Orange. Um oh, I think nice. that is not my number one. Okay. I think it is the epitome of that. Like, you know, the whole hold your eyes open, reprogram your brain. Um yes. there's a different language, like it feels the society feels different and the milk bars and it's so stylized, it's so violent, it but it's so just that depiction of both sides of the totalitarianism. Like this is what happens on the streets with the people that are bred towards violence. And then on the flip side of that, this is what happens on the government control angle of it. And I mean, you know, my affinity for Kubrick. So for me, this one was always since day one, number one on this list, like I love without that, question, dude. I went I'm right be for honest, this at the top. And I'm a little embarrassed. I didn't even think to put that movie on my list. Really? No, it didn't even pop into my head. And my, oh, my number well, I'm one glad I talk about it. More, my number one is way more popcorn cinema, um, which is fascinating and defines maybe who you and I are as people. But well, I'm uh, very curious now to hear your number one because the way that we had been going, I kind of thought we might share that one. I thought we would, but no. And I think you might be surprised. You might be like, oh, really? Okay. Well, let's uh, lay it on me, man. My number one is Minority Report. Really? Yeah, that's what I thought there was the response I was gonna get. Um, yes, it is. You know, of, I, I, you know what? Hundred. Go ahead. I'm totally. I am right on board with you. I didn't think about that one, but the thing that's so weird is that so many people in the news have been comparing what's happening in Portland to Minority Reports, like the preemptive arrests. Yes. That I'm surprised that, I didn't think of it, but that makes so much sense. And for me, that is the ultimate control. Yeah. You, your government can arrest you for things before you even do anything. And that totally relates to my number five on the trial of that anxiety yes. of, oh, we're arresting you because you were going to rob a bank in three weeks. It's like, no, and I trust, wasn't. Exactly. And yeah. they're like, no, no, trust us. We know that you were. We're the government. And that movie makes it so much worse because it focuses on like when they're wrong <laughs> or whatever. Oh, one, like, 100, 100 oh, percent. And it's a good and ass that's, movie. It is a really good movie. And, you know, we recently talked about Spielberg and his list, and it is definitely one of my like yeah. favorite Spielberg movies. Um, I don't think it made my list. Well, don't but, spoil. Let's make people listen to that episode yeah. either in the past or in the future. But, yeah, however that, you're listening I, to it. I will say, regardless of where it may or may not be on my list, it is a movie I adore. Like there is something yes. about Minority Report that I keep referencing it, or I, it keeps coming back to. I remember when the Xbox released their Connect um, thing, oh, sure. and people were like, people were like reprogramming it to work with the thing, and we were like, I made a Minority Report thing. It's like Minority Report can be real, and then like now they're arresting people on the street for uh, about to go protest. I'm like, oh no, yeah. Minority Report can be real. Visually, it's a fascinating movie. It, he uh, Steven Spielberg created like a great kind of future vision of. I what love the, the near futureness like. of it. 
It's kind of like that really, Black Mirror, like, this is definitely the future, but it feels very close to what There's we also have. some, like, really uh, Blade Runner-esque mm-hmm. feeling stuff in it. Do you remember the, the like, weird eye doctor uh, situation? Oh, yes! Uh, oh. Uh, Peter Stormare. Peter Stormare. Yes. Uh, love fucking Peter Stormare. But, the like, dirtiest that eye scene, surgeon in the world. Yes. Ugh, so uh, gross. That whole shit is weird. Like he created just a very cool visual yeah. language for this world. But the idea that the government listens to these precogs or these psychic mm-hmm. beings and uses them to essentially eliminate and create like a utopian society. Right. Nothing bad ever happens. And it does raise that question of, but yeah, but what if what if it's yeah. not right? Like, what if a mistake is made? Who gets to... Well, it's the same type of question that, this is weird, but that, like, Captain America struggles with in Winter Soldiers. Like, who gets to decide that? Like, that's so much control of who gets to decide who's a problem. And what if your right. goals are different than my goals? Right. You know, like... Oh, yeah. I mean, that's... So, it, yeah, and I love, like you were saying, like, what he kind of envisioned in that world. I mean, especially the cars that like self-drive themselves. Like, yes. oh, I want that. And now we kind of almost are going to get that one day. Exactly. It was, a, it's just a very well-made movie. It's a well-done movie. No. It's one of the, one of my most tolerable Tom Cruise performances. Uh, I'll be honest. It's like a Tom Cruise performance. I straight up like, like capital L. I just like that, that him, him in that movie. Sure. And it's just a solid, like, film about that concept and about, like, how the how people within the government can corrupt yeah. situations. And James Cromwell's use... in that, right? Yes. Okay. He's also and an iRobot he... and is a very similar. <laughs> Wait, I think he's in. Hold on. Let me double check. He's I know, also uh, an eraser and he's a very similar uh, um, character. Yeah, I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure he is. James it Cromwell is... was in all those movies around then. Uh. No, it's Max von Sydow. Oh, that's it. Yep. Okay. Max von Sydow. But you got some great people. You got Tim Blake Nelson's in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colin Farrell is in it. Oh, right. Uh, oh, he's the guy who's chasing him. He's like yeah. essentially the guy who's after him. I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, it's a really fucking good movie, man. And I highly recommend. That's why it's my number one with you. state movies. Oh, I um, like it. This, this is going to so, be a tough top five list. I know. I... Really like your Kubrick suggestion, though. Um, can I, I think that's so really can I good. keep Clockwork Orange as number one? Yeah, but I want to yes. put Minority Report as number two. Okay, I'm okay with that. Well, that makes three V for Vendetta and four Brazil. So basically, we just need yes. to come up with a number five. Yeah, um, I'm cool with that. And my five was what was our what was my what was your five? my five was the Orson Welles the trial where he guy gets arrested for what he doesn't know and then my number oh, four and mine was, was escape from New York <laughs> <laughs> right and then the purge and then equilibrium was my number was uh, my number you know four. what let's do equilibrium I'm okay with that because that's that gives us the black trench coat version of this and I think I think we need a black trench coat version of the dystopia I, I agree, somewhere. and it it does hew closer to government control than Escape from New York does. Um, I agree. Because that's what it's about. The whole movie is about yeah. how people have been lulled into this type of of society and existence. Well, then let me read this back and see if we actually came to a consensus on this uh, list pretty quick. So we've got number five, Equilibrium. Number four, Brazil. Number three, V for Vendetta. Number two, Minority Report, and number one, Clockwork Orange. I fucking love that. That's a great, again, that is like a great list of movies to watch. And, and you know, and and I'll even say, I know we don't do this all the time, but honorable mentions to the other ones that were listed. So honorable mention, go watch The Trial if you haven't seen that old Orson Welles movie. Go watch The Purge uh, with Ethan Hawke if you haven't seen that first one. Um, watch Escape from New York for yeah, sure. It, man, you need to. And it's on uh, that's on Amazon Prime and a handful yeah. of others. So if you haven't seen those, go watch them. Like full on honorable mention for this this week's list. They didn't make the top five, but you should watch those. But man, honorable mentions for those. Totally, totally agreed. Um, I like that. That's good. That is good. So yeah, I think I think that's where I'm at, man. I think yeah. I think that's the end of our list. Uh, so, so does that uh, mean we should we got to do a commercial break while I get some games ready. But we, yeah, we got to come back and, and game it up. I want to play a game. 
Oh, what a wonderful game it is, too. Risk is part of the game. Well, how about a game of Parcheesi? Remember that favorite game of yours? Games worthy of his majesty. You really think you're the only one who can play this game? We will be perfect in every aspect of the game. Let the games begin. All right. We're back. Game master, totalitarian, dictator Jay. I'm game. What do you have for us. Um, all right. So this one is going to be actually you recommended this game, and I really like the idea, and I think we're going to go with it. So we are playing okay, cool. craziest celebrity arrests. So okay. you know, a police state. We're talking about movies. Police are arresting celebrities all the time. So I'm going to give you a handful of celebrity arrests, and you tell me if it was a real one or if I'm making it up. Okay. Okay. Do, 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 do. Um, so, uh, Robert Downey Jr., we all know he's had his, okay. his run-ins with the law. Yes. So, Robert Downey Jr. was arrested mm-hmm. for breaking into his neighbor's house and falling asleep in their bed in his underwear. Hmm. <laughs> I do know that he had like a severe drug problem. That sounds like something that you would do on drugs. I'm going to I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say that that's true. That totally happened. Yikes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In Malibu is 1996, 1997. Uh I forget the 96. Uh yes, the article says that he basically stumbled into someone else's house thinking it was his and he fell asleep in his underwear in their bedroom. <laughs> Oh, what an uncomfortable scenario. Ugh, yep. I hate that. All right. All right I, like, so I hate it, but I love it. All right. So, oh, wait, wait, hold on. I want to see a couple of these so I can make some up. Okay. How about, are you going to give me like four or five total? <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, four probably. Okay. So, um, so, uh, let's see. Um, Okay, so Charles Barkley. Yeah. Charles Barkley was arrested for driving intoxicated. And when asked why he was intoxicated, he said, I'll be honest with you. I'm just going to drive around the corner and get a blowjob and then go home. <laughs> that was Charles Barkley. God, I hope that's true, but I'm going to say it's false. Nope, that's totally true. What? And that happened in 2008, so like 10 years ago. This is like he well said, after he's I'm been on the around the corner and get a blowjob. <laughs> yeah. Sick. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. Charles Barkley, you're a fucking weird dude. You're a hero. You're a hero weird dude. <laughs> um, oh god. Okay, so here's 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 going to be one. Uh this one is Edward Furlong. Okay. Um Edward Furlong was once arrested for urinating in a slushy machine at a like a quick stop grocery store. God, I know that that dude has had some like troubled times in his life, but I don't know if it's gone that far. Um, but maybe he's a weird dude. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna go with false. That one, your gut led you in the right direction. That one's false. Okay, but, good. Okay, but I did. Here's why it tricked you, because I took a real thing that happened and slightly changed it. He didn't get arrested for peeing in a slushy machine at a quick stop. He did get arrested for having a fight with lobsters out of a lobster tank at a, like at a quick stop uh, what? with his friends. Yeah, he was at a, a Kentucky grocery store, and he was like pulling lobsters out of their lobster bin and like fighting with his friends with them while drunk. That's fucking crazy. So I changed, I slightly changed it. So that's why, that's why you almost got me. I was almost there. Yeah. Um, so, uh, let's see. Here's one more. Ozzy Osbourne while in Texas got arrested for urinating on the Alamo monument. (laughs) I'm going to say a lot of peeing, a lot of peeing that happens. I'm going to say true. Yeah. That one is a hundred percent true. That's dope as hell. That's so, and it was like during a concert that he did it. That's (laughs) Yeah, metal as fuck. That is metal um, as fuck. Ozzy, you're so badass. Are you going to do one more still? Let me see. I think I can find maybe one right. more. Or I can make one up. Um, so, 
Matthew McConaughey was once arrested for playing bongos too loudly while naked with another naked man. <laughs> yeah, that feels right. Yes. I'm going to say that one did happen. Do you remember that? That one was real. I do vaguely remember that. It was like the police responded to a noise complaint and it turned out to be Matthew McConaughey, like really drunk playing bongos at like three in, in the, the morning in the nude with another dude like dancing around naked as well and they got arrested for like a noise complaint fucking weird man Matthew it's so amazing time is a like i love that that's what he got arrested for wild absolutely wild well this has been Uh, a fun weird episode man a fun serious scary totalitarian episode we've we've tried to make it light and airy even though it's been real and scary and the thing is, we you know we have our overlords, and we don't we want we don't want this episode to be censored. But I have to tell you about one thing that they were doing because when we were we have reached the end of another high five the podcast episode. It's time to lock up the writers' room and rest comfortably, knowing we knocked out another great list of things you should be watching. If the guys didn't mention your favorites this week in their lists, you can harass them by emailing them at my five at highfivethepodcast.com That's M-Y-F-I-V-E at H-I-G-H-F-I-V-E T-H-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com Got that? Or connecting with them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash highfivethepodcast on Twitter at Hi, the number five, the podcast, Instagram at high five, the podcast, or on Letterboxd by searching high five colon the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever else you listen to podcasts and drop the show a five star rating to show us some love. What's the worst that could happen? No antidote for the poison you just drank? Maybe. See you next week. And that's a wrap, everybody. Cut, Casper. That's a wrap. Cut, printed. What happens in the next reel? Cut. Okay, that's a print. Okay, cut. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, people. Now let's get the hell out of here.